0: We all know that there's red flags when working with clients. But sometimes we can't see those red flags until after we start working with them because we're blinded by landing the client that we don't even see those warning signs ahead. But in today's episode, I'm going to break down what red flags you should be looking for before actually taking on a client. So if you're ready to find the warning signs of a red flag type client Welcome back family to another episode of the Serve Scale Soar podcast. I am so excited you are joining me today whether this is your first time ever listening or you listen every single week. I am beyond excited about this episode because I see it so many times in my program Serve Scale Soar where my members have taken on a red flag client and they become very problematic. Like it creates a very difficult work environment They're not able to get the results they want. They're just unhappy working with this client. And then once we get to talking, there's a lot of red flags that came up before they even took them on as a client, that if they would have been paying attention to those, and maybe they were, but they really wanted just to get a client, that they take them on anyway. And so today I'm going to talk all about nine warning signs or red flags you can look for before taking on a client, because here's what I know. It is so much easier to say no to a client when you see these red flags than trying to deal and fire them after they're already clients. So I know you may be like, but Brandy, I want the client. I promise, my friend, it is not worth it. And you're just taking up space for a potential client that doesn't have those red flag warning signs. So, before we jump into this episode and I go over those nine steps, I do want to spotlight one of our listeners, and this one comes from Andrea. She gave us a five-star review. There's something for everyone. Have you ever heard a tip or a great advice and agreed with it? Just to realize a week later, I can use this myself. This morning, I had an aha moment. I love that Brandy keeps it real and simple. I also love her guests and their stories. I learn something new every time. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for the honest review and the five stars. And if you listen to the podcast, you're loving it. One of the best things you can do is just quickly take a minute to leave us a honest review. I look over and read every single one of them and it helps our show be shown to more people. So without further ado, let's talk about these nine warning signs, red flags that you can look for before taking on a client. And some of these were mine that I came out with like right off the bat, like I wrote out a list and then I also asked members inside of Serve Scale SOAR to give some of theirs as well. So this is not just me, but this is also a collaborative effort with a lot of our students inside of Serve Scale SOAR. So the first one that I came up with and the first one that always comes to mind is the moment someone asks for a discount. So red flag number one, they're asking for a discount. And... I am a firm believer that we don't need to discount our services. There is a time and place that maybe a discount does make sense, but it never comes from the client asking. So an example of like when a discount's good. So with Conversions for Clients, my ad management program, I teach the risk reversal method, which teaches them how to get results without working for free. And so with that being said, one of the things we teach is that we do a strategy call and then offer them their first month half off or work at a discounted price. But the client doesn't know that this is part of jumping on this strategy call that they're going to be offered a 30-day discount. All they know is they're coming to learn more about what it would look like to run ads. And so when the discount comes from you, that's one thing. I don't love discounting our services, but this is one time that I'm like, okay, when you're looking for your first client, maybe, but we don't Promote these discounts, they only find out once they jump on the call. And so when a client asks for a discount, though, this is when things are like, oh my gosh, red flag, red flag, red flag, run away. Because anyone who asks for a discount for services in this manner, they're not going to respect your time. They're not going to respect your boundaries. And they're probably going to be a difficult client. Now, y'all know me, I don't like the white and black. Like it's always going to be this way. It's always going to be like, there are great so will there be some clients who ask for a discount and then become awesome clients yeah but they're the exception they're not the rule so if someone asks on a discovery call can they get a discount run the other way i promise you you're not going to want to work with them long term because they're always going to expect something at a discount okay so red flag number two when they say i'm looking for a unicorn oh man I know we all want to be like, we're a unicorn. We are like so magical. We can service our clients better than anyone. But really what that means when it comes from a client, when they say, when I'm looking for a unicorn, they're looking for someone to do everything and them only pay you a certain rate. So they want someone who is literally a master of everything, but they're not going to pay them for that. And so this is where specialization comes in. And while we say like, you want to specialize and be great at your one thing. So if you are a podcast manager, then you're a podcast manager. You don't need to be a unicorn podcast manager. They would never use that term. When clients use unicorn, they want someone who's going to do a lot of stuff. And so you're looking at scope creep. You're probably going to look at burnout. You're going to look at them wanting to underpay but get over-delivered results. And so whenever someone says, I'm looking for a unicorn, I'm like, oh my gosh, no way. Like, this is not what I want to do because you don't want to be a unicorn. You want to be like the thoroughbred, just regular horse, thoroughbred, best DNA in class for what you do. So if that's Facebook ads, you want to be a thoroughbred Facebook ad manager. You want to be a thoroughbred OBM. You do not want to be a unicorn. And there's a reason unicorns are fictional and not real. And so that is definitely one of those areas where anyone that says I'm looking for a unicorn, I'm usually like automatic. No, like, no, thank you. I'm good. Okay, so number three, I've hired two plus people for this position before and it's never worked out. Or if they say, like, I've had people try this, like, run my Facebook ads a ton of times before, and we just haven't got the results I wanted. Or I've hired a few times for an OBM, and it just never worked out. This is like siren should be going off in your head. Because it's one thing if they hired someone before, and it just wasn't a good fit. And that's why on our application to work with us, one of the questions is, have you ever hired for this position before? And then underneath it, I have a place that says, tell me what didn't work and what did work with this relationship. And that way you can see like, okay, the ad manager had a baby and went on maternity leave and decided not to come back. That's one thing. But if it's like they weren't able to fit their schedule into mine or, you know, like, and usually if it's two plus people and it's not working, you do not want to be third, like Third one is not the charm. Third one's going to be the next one that gets fired or they're unhappy with. And then they, if anyone ever put your name out, they're going to be like, don't hire them. And it probably wasn't you, it was them. So one of the questions I love to ask is, have you ever hired for this position before? And what was your experience? And that's a great one to add to your um, questionnaire before jumping onto a discovery call, because that's what I call a red flag question. And so I would definitely, definitely make sure but that's a question you add and one that you're looking for. Now, is it always, maybe they've been in business for, you know, 15 years and they've had two people. That's not as bad as someone who's been in business for a year and had two people. So that's why we need some clarifying. But a lot of times when they say, I've hired two plus people for this position before and it's never worked out, that's like, "Ooh, I don't want to be the third one this isn't going to work out for. Okay, so they ask for a discount, they're looking for a unicorn, they've hired multiple people for this position before. Number four, when they aren't sure what they need help with or a vague job description. And the thing is, if a client is unable to clearly define their requirements, it can be a really big warning sign and a sign of a problematic project. And so if someone's like, I'm looking for someone to do this, 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 and this. Then usually they mapped out like what are the tasks that they need. But when someone says, I need a sales funnel built, and then you jump on a discovery call with them and they're like, well, I know I need a sales funnel, but I don't know if I need like a lead magnet. I don't know if I need like a tripwire or a downsell or an upsell. But what do you think? One, they're looking for strategy, which we're not going to do on a discovery call. And two, that shows that they haven't actually flushed out their offer yet. They're not ready to hire someone. They're looking for someone to do their job for them. And your job isn't, unless you are like a consultant, to give them strategy about the best funnel. That may be in some of y'all's, but most of the time when people go to hire for a funnel builder, that's not your job. Same thing with if someone goes to an ad manager and says, I know I need to be running ads, but I'm not sure what to do. And they don't really know what their budget is. And they don't know what they're going to run ads to or what their goals are. That's problematic. That's going to cause a lot of issues. Another example is if someone uh, like hires a project manager and they're like, okay, I need a project manager because I'm really unorganized, but we're not using any tools right now. I don't really know, like we have no SOPs built out. We're just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants. Like, oh my gosh, run the other way. (laughs) This is our do like a VIP day or something, but do not take them on on long-term. These are signs that their business isn't ready to hire yet, but they think that they need to hire because everyone's telling them to. So that can cause a lot of problems and a lot of scope creep. And then unsatisfied customers Because they weren't ready to hire in the first place. Okay. Number five, when they don't complete a discovery call questionnaire, and this came from one of our members. And I was like, yes, this is so true. Or if they just put NA or like one word sentences on like the application to jump on a discovery call that shows that they don't really care about your time. They're just kind of jumping on this call to see. They're not really taking the time to even like let you know about their business. And usually this is going to cause a lot of issues. Now, here's the deal. Just because they have one of these red flags doesn't mean you don't have to take them on for a client. The more of these red flags they have, the more you want to be like, "Uh. So why I say this is because number five, when they don't complete a discovery call questionnaire or they like half a it. So it's like very not filled out great. This is sometimes a personality thing with D personalities. So if you know the DISC system, if you type in like Tony Robbins DISC, there's a lot of people who do DISC. I'm DISC certified. If you type it in, you can find a test, take it and everything. And it's a way to communicate with different types of people. And so a D personality is a dominant personality. They're also very quick to the point. They don't want to spend time doing things that are unnecessary. I am a D personality. And so filling out a discovery call questionnaire sometimes is like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, why do I need to do this? And so I will sometimes be like I've now that I work with service providers, I fill them out much better. But sometimes I'm a little short on them. Like I just get to the bare minimum that you need and that's it. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a bad client to work with, but it does raise warning signs. And so then if I also said, like, can I get a discount? Then you'd be like, oh, gosh, no, two strikes are out. So I just want us to know that these aren't like just because one of these pops up, it means but it's something to look for. So when they don't complete the discovery call questionnaire, that can be very problematic. It They don't respect your time because you're like taking the time to review this before you jump on a call. They're not serious about it. Or they're probably like interviewing a ton of people. So they're just sick of filling these out. So that's just something to watch for. Okay, number six, when they ask for a guarantee or have unrealistic results. So this came from one of our ad managers, but I think it can also apply to a lot of different services. So a launch manager, a funnel builder, a social media manager, a Pinterest manager, email marketer sales page, like conversion copywriter. There's so many of these that they can apply to. And when we talk about guarantees, as service providers, we should never be making a guarantee. There's so many things that are outside of our control when it comes to results. The one guarantee that we can make is that we are going to do everything in our power to get you the results that you want. But we don't make like number guarantees because there's a lot of stuff that's out of our control that we are not responsible for, that we can't like adjust. And so that's why we don't have guarantees. However, we can guarantee that we're going to show up, we're going to do our best, we're going to give it everything we have, and we feel confident in our strategy or whatever it may be. But then also setting realistic expectations. So an example of unrealistic is if a podcast manager, this is a good one, if a podcast manager is like, okay, let's launch your podcast. I'm really excited about it. And then they're like, okay, do you think we can have, we're doing this launch. I want 10,000 downloads. Like that's an unrealistic result for most people, unless you have like a really big following. But for most, 10,000 from like your first month are, I actually have not yet, maybe the first episode, that's unrealistic. Or for an ad manager, if they say like, I want to spend $2,000 and have a $100,000 launch. Like that's unrealistic. Or a Pinterest manager that says, I want 100% growth and my traffic to my blog after two months. Like that's unrealistic result. And so when we think about like, what are they asking? Are the results unrealistic? Are they really harping on this guarantee? We just have to set either realistic goals with them, tell them we don't give numbers as a guarantee, but what we can do. And so sometimes people are just really excited. And so, like I said, it doesn't mean you just dump them, but that means this is your chance to set realistic goals and then see where they go from there. If they're still not happy with that, then it's time to say, oh, red flag. If they change their tune, then it's no longer a red flag. So it's one of those things that we have to flush out a little bit more just to make sure that they aren't going to be a red flag. Okay, seven. This one came from one of our members as well. If they ignore the scheduling link, and intake form I send them and ask for availability after 5 p.m. Pacific or something clearly out of my regular availability. Yes, I totally agree with this. So what she's pretty much saying is like they bypass everything you've sent them and they want a time that works for them but not for you. And this is your scheduler is set up with your availability. And in this first step of initiating working with you, if they can't find a time that works for you and it's way outside of office hours that they ask for, they're probably not going to be anyone that you want to work with because that means they're always going to want to do all their calls with you after your working hours. They're also going to expect like you to work around their schedule. And so this is always a really good sign that things are going to be problematic when it comes to boundaries and when they want to work with you. And when their communication is going to be. So this can be a big, big thing. One example is I worked with someone in Australia and we always had to like change my schedule. I had to do calls at 8 p.m. And at the end of the day, I could have saved that spot for someone that was even in the UK, a better time zone to work with. And I wouldn't have been working at 8 p.m. at night. And so, yes, we work worldwide with people, but If we want to keep our boundaries, sometimes it's just not like going to work for us if those boundaries are important to you. And I hope they are for most of you. And so when they circumvent the intake form, the scheduling link, and come at you with like a time that works for them, that's especially one that's outside of your business hours, that's a big red flag that all of your communication and experience moving forward is going to be like that. Okay, number eight is when you present them your packages and then they ask for a custom package or a custom package that is lower budget because the ones you've presented are outside of their budget. So I can understand not everyone wanting everything in a package. And we talk about this a lot. And Stephanie was one of the first people that like our podcast manager that like I really remember having this conversation with. And now I've had this conversation a lot. Is that just because something's in your package and people don't use it doesn't mean you get a discount. And I always think about it like your TV or Netflix or something like that. Just because you don't watch all the shows doesn't mean Netflix gives you a discount. Just because you don't watch all the channels on your TV, it doesn't mean you get a discount. I mean, we have Hulu TV and there's probably a hundred channels and we probably watch five of them. Doesn't mean Hulu gives me a discount for all those channels I'm not watching. Your services are the same way. If you are a podcast manager and they don't want show notes, well, that's fine. Your package stays the same because that's what's included. If you're an ad manager and they say, oh, well, we have a copywriter. Can I get a discount? Nope. You just don't use the copy services. They're there, but my price doesn't change. And so by not customizing packages and pricing, what that does is keep your business streamlined. But also, if they ever decided they want to add it back on, it's there but you're not going to customize invoices packages just because they don't want one little item that's in it. And so if someone says, can you customize this package for me? say, "No, these are my packages, but if there's anything in here that you don't want, you don't have to use it, but the price doesn't change because there's probably going to be times where I do have to look at your copy, even though I'm not doing the copywriting. Or there may be, if you ever decide you want to add show notes, you can always add it on and your price doesn't change. And so explaining to them why your packages aren't customizable and why the budget doesn't change. And especially if they say, well, can I get a customized package because you're out of my budget? It's a red flag. You can always refer to to someone who's more in line with their budget. Okay, last but not least, number nine, unrealistic deadlines. This is a great one, especially when someone says like, I need a new website and I need it in two weeks that is so unrealistic. Or I'm launching next week and I need an ad manager. That's unrealistic. You know that you have processes. You have a way that you work. You should know how long it takes to do a project for someone. And so with that, when people have unrealistic deadlines, it's your job to educate them on what a real deadline would be. Or... Explain to them that's not a right fit. Or maybe you have something that's a lighter project like a VIP day. So an example of this is Amanda Scott and I work together. We have an episode on the podcast and she does show it designs. And so part of her VIP day is a quick turnaround. But you're not getting a fully customized website. You have to work from a template and there's only X amount of pages she can do in that day. And so maybe they want this full customized one and they want it done in two weeks, but maybe Amanda suggests a VIP date and explains to them, but it won't be fully customizable, or they can have a three-month process, and then it'll be fully customizable. So unrealistic deadlines are really important to note, and so I feel like I'm a red flag client, but with Stephanie, we were at Podcast Fest, and I was like, Steph, I want to launch a podcast in the next three weeks. Do you think it's possible? And she was like, oh man, Brady, I mean, maybe it's possible, but like, you're going to have to really get all this stuff to me. And I was like, if I can get everything to you within a week, do you think we can make this possible? And she was like, yeah, as long as you get everything to me. And we did. But she set that very clear expectation, like, I'm going to need everything from you by this date. Like, you have to be willing to do that. So... You may get a client with unrealistic deadlines and you just have to tell them, okay, if you want this, we can do it, but this is what I'm going to need. Or you just explain to them, well, I have this lighter option of VIP day, or maybe you just map out what a deadline actually looks like to work with you for a project. And then they'll change their tune or they'll go find someone else. And either way, that's okay. So those are nine red flags to look for before taking on a client. And remember, they have one of these. It doesn't mean they're necessarily a no-go, but your guard should be up. And if they have more than one, they should definitely be out the door. So, one, ask for a discount. Two, they're looking for a unicorn. Three, they've hired multiple people for the job before. Four, vague job descriptions. Five, they don't complete the questionnaire for the discovery call. Six, when they want to guarantee your unrealistic results. Seven, they ignore the scheduling link. Eight, when they want to know if you can give them a custom package or a package within their budget. And nine, unrealistic deadlines. These are the nine warning signs and red flags to look for before hiring your next client. I promise you, if you can spot these before they become a client, it's going to save you a ton of time, energy, and heartache over these clients. Because I know some of you would keep a red flag client for years just because you don't want to fire them. So save yourself the trouble and spot them in the beginning so you can open up room for those clients that are your ideal client. They're going to treat you with respect and be in alignment with how you want to work. So my friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Look for red flags. Send me a DM on Instagram at Brandy Mouth and let me know what are some of the red flags you see come up with clients. I would love to know this. And then also a shout out to our Serve Scale Soar members who help put this list together. Until next week, my friends, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into the success you deserve.